Broadcasting live from the ESPN 690 and Ajar and Levine Studios. This is Action Sports Jacks on ESPN 690 with Brent Martineau and Austin Lane. We, we made it, everybody. Friday, almost to that weekend. Cold temperatures, dreary skies, no sunshine and rainbows. That's almost fitting, and I'll get into that in a little bit. Austin Lane, Action Sports, Jacks on ESPN 690. Joined by Casey, pushing all the right buttons, as he always does. Calls Brent Martineau. On assignment, shall we say. On assignment at a wedding, I believe. Is that, is that, a, is that an away game? It's not in Jacksonville, right? Pretty sure it's an away game, yeah. Rhode Island? Unconfirmed. I don't know if he said, but I think okay. that's just connecting the dots. Yeah. Probably doing, a, doing an away game for sure. Yeah. Um, we assume... I, I don't think there's any kind of private meeting with Trent Balky going on with him and, and, and Brent, so I think we're okay with that. You never know, though. I mean... I better see some wedding pictures. You know, he's been on Twitter all day, and, I, you know, as far as I know, you can't use Twitter on a plane. I better see some wedding pictures. That's all I'm going to say. I better see an invitation. I better see... What do you call it like, when you get the thing at the wedding? Like the... It's not at the brochure, but, you know, <laughs> like the, the card thing that tells you how it's going to go. Oh, the... Oh, uh... Coming from two guys who don't take weddings very seriously, obviously. Yeah, oh. But you know what I'm talking about, that yep, thing. Yep, the thing. The thing, the sheet of paper that says what's going to happen in the wedding. Yep, that. I, I better get that as well. I mean, this is coming from the guy yesterday who said, happy wedding when someone's getting married, Casey, which... Yeah, that was me. Yeah. I've, I've never... No, it's all good, man. I mean, Can't hey, win them all, man. You do what you got. By the way, how's your wedding planning coming? Hey, pretty good, I heard. You heard? Yeah. <laughs> is this kind of like your hands off and you just kind of nod your head and go, uh-huh. whatever you say, babe? Yep. Cool. Yeah. Uh, what's the menu looking like? You you have no idea, huh? Uh, well, you see, it changes. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Like the restaurant, like they have like certain options and like now, but the m- menu will change before March. Oh, so you're not going to have catering? It's actually like, at a restaurant? Yeah. You guys are in the- oh, where? It's in North Carolina. I don't know what it's called. Is it barbecue? No. Seafood? Don't think so. Okay, cool. Well, I, hey, I can't wait to, to hear what you guys yep. come up with yep. then. Uh, Thank s- you. Stay tuned for that. Appreciate it. You know, speaking of what guys and teams are coming up with here, I don't know. Okay, first of all, the reason why I said it's very fitting today that it's kind of dark and dreary outside, because through this whole process of the Jaguars trying to find a coach and are they trying to find a new GM and all this stuff, you know, like anybody in this business, you know, I talk to people. Brent talks to people. Everyone talks to people. And the people that I've talked to, who I, I can't, I, I'm not going to name their names, it doesn't really matter, but the people that I talk to who are, you know, around the situation, they've all been on the same page. Let's just say I talked to, for the sake of the argument, I talked talk to three people, okay? And I've kind of got the same overall, this is what the Jaguars are going to do, right? So I kind of took that narrative and rolled with it a little bit. Now, I don't come out and, and say, oh, I got, you know, I got some sources saying this because that's just not my style. If you listen close to the show every once in a while, I might drop a breadcrumb here or there. I might say, hey, if you want to take Byron Leftwich at plus 800, maybe do that, right? Sometimes I drop breadcrumbs. Sometimes, you know, I have cryptic um, messages and things like that. So I know things, but I just, I, it's never been my style to come out and say what I know. Because honestly, man, I, and this is going to come off as in the worst way, but like, I, I really don't care. Right, like I'm just gonna, res- I'm just gonna react to what I see. Right, when when the things are stone cold facts, then I'll respond to it. But until then, it's all hearsay, it's all rumors. Today, though, I'm nervous now, 
because these people have been on the same page pretty much the whole time, whether they're right or wrong, doesn't really matter. Same page. I'm getting three different answers now. Now it's hitting the fan. Now there's either smoke screens going up someplace or people are just talking to the wrong folks. But all of a sudden now I have no idea what this team is doing. Honestly, like this is, I sit here 121, 2020. I would still probably hedge my bet with Byron Leftwich, but I literally have no idea of where this, in what direction this team is going. Now, as I say that, some very weird information came out today. Pro football talk, a couple of sources. Josh McCown, a guy who, you know, backup quarterback, starting quarterback, been around the league forever. As far as coaching experience right now, Casey, does he really bring anything to the table? It's, it's, it's none, right? Last time I checked. Okay. Well, you can uh, count, like, you know, the last, like, three or four years of his career. Backup? You mean yeah. just like what? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm trying. I'm benefit of the doubt. You know what I'm saying? No, no, for sure. And like, listen, when, when it comes to Josh McCown, like he's he's been in the league for how long? So he's seen how organizations are ran, right? He knows what's good, what's bad. Um, you know, he obviously understands the offensive side. But I'm looking at the teams right now: Arizona Cardinals, Detroit Lions, Oakland Raiders, Miami Dolphins, Carolina Panthers, Hartford Colonials. Not sure what happened there. Uh, San Francisco 49ers, <laughs> Chicago Bears, San Bay Buccaneers, Cleveland Browns, New York Jets, Philadelphia Eagles, Houston Texans. Back in 2020, last team he played for. Mm-hmm. Coaching highlights. <clears throat> so, when you have a guy that's been around like he has, yeah, you're bringing something to the table. Without a doubt. But when you have a guy who has, and once again, going to the coaching experience on Wikipedia, <clears throat> when you have a guy who has zero coaching experience, that's a risk. Now, I don't know what Houston's trying to do because Houston, yeah, I, I understood. I-, I made fun of you guys so much last year, it wasn't even funny, right? And I apologized for it, right? I thought we moved on. Um, but no matter how much Jacksonville gives you the opportunity to say, hey, you know what? You guys aren't the most embarrassing franchise in the NFL, right? Like, we're the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll hire Urban Meyer. We'll think it works out. He's in a bar dancing with some woman. And then we'll fire him, you know, before the season's over. And it'll be an absolute mess. We, we won't play James Robinson. There'll be a whole drama thing there. We'll get in fight with Marvin Jones. There'll be a whole drama thing there. And Houston Texans, go on and win four games, right? Go ahead and overachieve what we thought you were going to do. We'll be in here in Jacksonville winning two games this year, underachieving, being disappointed, talking about the first pick of the draft. But no, Houston couldn't just do that, could they? They, they couldn't just go with David Culley and say, you know what, maybe this guy was a bridge head coach, but we'll give him another shot, right, because he overachieved with this team. I still can't name more than three Houston Texans, and I saw him play twice this year. I can't name, one, I can't name more than three of those players. But at the end of the day, they let David Culley go, Okay, maybe it's Brian Flores, right? Maybe Brian Flores is going to be the guy that's going to come in, um, save Deshaun Watson. Everything's going to be all hunky-dory, sing kumbaya. That solution is fixed. That's worth the hire right there. If you, can just, if you can save Deshaun Watson, assuming once again that he clears all the legal troubles, if you can save Deshaun Watson, keep him in Houston, well, that's worth the hire without a doubt. But no, we haven't really heard much about the Brian Flores spike in Houston. What we have heard of is Josh McCown. Now, when I read this headline, I had to check the verification because I wasn't buying into it. But supposedly, and correct me if I'm wrong here, I still feel like I'm, I'm getting catfished. 
I feel like it's not true. But the Houston Texans, according to sources, this is footballtalk.com, the Texans who really want to hire Josh McCown as the team's next head coach hope another team with a vacancy will interview him in order to help legitimize the move they'd like to make. (laughs) Boom. Boom on a Friday. Hey, Casey, what does that mean? You're very insecure. (laughs) I mean... mean (laughs) Like, how, how is that a real headline? Yeah. How is, how, how, how uh, am I, and I'm Harley from professional, but how are we uh, a sports show in Jacksonville, ESPN syndicated or whatever you want to call it, how are we talking about a team wants another team to see if they can, you know, interview Josh McCown so that move is justified? In what world are we living in? Hey, Houston. Are you trying to be the, the laughing stock of the NFL again? Because that's how you be laughing stock of the NFL again, right? And I'm trying so hard to be nice to you guys. I already apologized once. Don't make me go back on my word. But then what do the Jacksonville Jaguars do, Casey? Well, I guess not the Jacksonville Jaguars, but what does Trent Baalke do, right? Later on, then, what do we find out? Another team has interviewed Josh McCown. Immediately, I think, well, that's the Jaguars because it's a very Jaguars thing to do, Right. Well, then it comes out that it wasn't actually the team that interviewed Josh McCown. It was Trent Baalke. So that leads me to the next question. Hey, Trent Baalke, why are we talking to Josh McCown? Is there a tie there? I mean, I get Josh McCown is on every single team, it seems like, in the NFL. And one would think he was back on the 49ers back in 2011. So I'm sure there's some kind of, you know, knowing of Trent Baalke and Josh McCown. But what, in, what, what capacity are you talking to Josh McCown? Not going to be an offensive coordinator here. Damn sure, but not, not better be a head coach here. So then why are we talking to Josh McCown, Trent Baalke? All I gather from it is that Trent Baalke is trying to do the Houston Texans a solid and say, hey, I'll talk to Josh McCown. Maybe something leaks. Maybe I leak something and say, well, Jacksonville Jaguars talking to Josh McCown, and maybe that helps out Houston. That's where my brain's going right now. It shouldn't be going there, but that's where I'm at. Casey, am I just out of my mind right now with the tinfoil hat, or is that a, a fair theory here? Yeah, it's fair. I don't know what the heck is going on, but what a disaster. Like, I don't... I Yeah. When, when you're asking other teams, hey, please interview this guy, Yeah. and then a team is like, all right. Like, what? I, if you have to ask somebody to interview somebody... He's not qualified. I'm just going to, like, hey, we interviewed him, but the other 31 of you, can somebody please just, like, you know, 10 minutes, just put it out there that you talk to him so then we don't feel as dumb. Enough said. Exactly. So what I took from everything going down, Houston needed a suitor. Houston needed somebody else to say, hey, who wants to interview Josh McCown? And Trent Bulky came a call. Now, yeah, it's, it's messed up, obviously, but here's what I don't get about the whole situation. He obviously, and I don't know if Shad Khan's in on, I, I don't know why this meeting took place, or I don't, I don't know if it was a meeting, an interaction. I don't know why Trent Baalke's tied to Josh McGowan right now, but I don't like it. Because whether Trent Baalke's going to be the GM here or not, we'll talk about that later, whether that's the case or not, you're helping a divisional opponent. Like, what, s- picture Pittsburgh and Cleveland right now. You think Cleveland would do this? You think Cleveland would go, hey, you know what, Pittsburgh's, uh, they needed another team to interview this coach because I guess they want to justify the whole thing. Let's go and interview that coach up the Pittsburgh Steelers out. Doesn't work like that in the AFC North. Doesn't work like that, uh, you know, in the AFC East. 
There's a, no no other division I feel like is doing this. But for whatever reason, we felt the need. Hey, well, and I say we, I don't say we. For whatever reason, Trent Bulky felt the need to talk to Josh McCown. And then those rumors got out, and then it is what it is. So, yeah, I, I, I'm a little just raising my eyebrows to that. I'm a little raising my eyebrows to the fact of, hey, if you're the Houston Texans and you want Josh McCown, then just hire Josh McCown. Okay? Like, if, if that's truly your guy, which I don't think it should be because he's got zero coaching experience whatsoever, but if that's your guy, then just hire him. Don't, 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 don't let these rumors come out saying how, well, I hope another team can interview him so it's more legitimate. No, nah, man. All right? I think if Josh McCown got interviewed by five, six other teams, it doesn't make it legitimate. Like, if that's your guy, Houston, then go ahead and make it your guy. After that, then, it's, it's, it's been a busy day, everybody. It's been a busy Friday, and, and I love it because it's, it's drama. It's as the world turns, and we live for it. It's all we got going right now, right? After that, then what happens? Well, the New York Giants finally make a move, and kind of the first domino falls. Joe Schoen is named as, um, Schoen is named as their new GM, um, assistant out of Buffalo. Highly regarded. Uh, people say he's highly regarded. Okay, I'll be honest with you. When it comes to GMs, we've been over this before on the show. I, I don't know who's great, who's bad. I know he's coming from a great organization, all right, who seems to know how to draft pretty well, who seems to know how to build a culture. So anybody from Buffalo, I would probably trust around my organization if I was in New York. So to me, that's a good signing because you're, getting a, you're poaching a guy from a respected team right now, from a respected organization. So I'm not mad at that. But the first domino falls. Casey, does that do anything for you, or do you think that's just, okay, it's, it's a GM signing, but it doesn't mean too much? I'm just glad somebody's working. You know what I'm saying? All right. these other teams, I was just unconfirmed. They're just sitting around playing FIFA. I don't know what was going on. <laughs> so I'm just glad somebody's working, but I think, I mean, it's easy to connect the dots that the next coach of the Giants will be someone who is currently coaching the Buffalo Bills. One would think maybe... Brian Dable. Yeah. Yeah. So then that's, th that's when things I think would get interesting. Th th that's the speculation right now. Yeah. And obviously Brian Dable still playing in the playoffs. So when is that process going to get underway? Well, when the Bills are out of the playoffs. So we'll see what happens with that. To me, though, like as I'm starting to watch all this unfold, and it's like we talked about, it's the first domino. Now, this domino to me does absolutely nothing. Like, I, I don't think teams now are like, oh, wow, we shoot the Giants today. We better get on our, you know, we better get going right now. Now, maybe if you want to get Brian Dable, you may have lost that opportunity with this hiring, but I don't think teams are panicking just yet. You know, we talk about the first domino, whether it's Doug Peterson, whether it's Caldwell. Honestly, man, as I break this whole thing down, Casey, I think the first domino is Jim Harbaugh. Because to me, Jim Harbaugh right now is the ultimate wild card, right? Like, he's obviously been linked to Las Vegas, I'm not sure if he's been linked anywhere else. Have you seen anywhere else? I haven't, and I guess that's my question. Like, is it Vegas or bust? Well, here's the thing about Jim Harbaugh, though. You, you, you get the vibe that it's Vegas or bust. But, if but Josh you McCown, can see, yeah. you can see Minnesota. You can see Chicago. I think, and keep in mind, once again, there's a lot of coaches that are, you know, that are candidates that are playing the playoffs. But I think the first domino right now is Jim Harbaugh because he's been, he's been recruiting. He's been doing his thing. But I haven't seen a tweet. I haven't seen any kind of quote saying, I, I'm in Michigan. This, this is my home. Um, I appreciate NFL, but Michigan's my home. I haven't seen any of that yet, right? And if you're Jim Harbaugh and you're on the road right now and you're recruiting to get your four or five-star guys all over the country, you want that reassurance if you're a recruit. You want that reassurance saying, 
hey, Jim Harbaugh just put a, a press conference or whatever, or, or, you know, a statement at least on Twitter saying he's not going anywhere. Like, it's one thing if you're sitting at my table talking to my parents saying, hey, I'm not going anywhere. But are you, though? Right? Because these kids are hip to the game, man. It's college football. Coaches come and go all the time. Position, head, you know what it is. They come and go all the time. So it's a little peculiar, I think, that Jim Harbaugh hasn't come out and said anything quite yet. I think that's the domino right now that teams are waiting on. I think there's more teams interested in Jim Harbaugh than just the Las Vegas Raiders. I don't think we really hear about him that much, but I think he might be the the big get right now. Like, we talked about Jim Caldwell. We talked about Doug Peterson maybe being, like, the guys to go after this year. My gut is telling me that Jim Harbaugh might be that guy. And my gut is telling me that this whole thing, set aside from the playoffs, the other domino that's waiting to fall right now is Jim Harbaugh. Now, I think in in Jacksonville, don't worry about it, right? Because that's the last thing you want to do. The last thing the Jaguars need to do right now is try to pursue another college coach, right? Now, I get it. Jim Harbaugh's had experience in the past, and I get all that in terms of the NFL. He had great success in San Francisco for at least a year or so. Uh, A couple years, I I took that back. And obviously with Trent Baalke, he would be gone, which Jaguars fans would like because I think him and Trent Baalke kind of had a falling out. So there's a lot to like about Jim Harbaugh. I get it. But not here. Not here and not at this time. So I'm very curious to see what happens first in terms of the dominoes falling. Do we hear about Doug Peterson, Jim Caldwell possibly, or do we hear about Jim Harbaugh? Your thoughts, Casey? Yeah, I think that's an interesting because I never, I haven't really thought about it, to be honest. I yeah. just kind of thought Vegas or bust. But, yeah, I think, I think that's interesting. Because let me put it all together for you here. I think Doug Peterson knows where he wants to go. Jim Caldwell announced today that he's turning down two interviews. Mm. Those interviews were the Raiders and the Vikings, right? Yes. And, and that was like, that, that's once again a verified report. You know, everyone's coming out and saying that, which I find is interesting. Because if you break down who Jim Caldwell's interviewed with, Jaguars, Bears. So he's down to two teams right now, right? Does he want to be in this game? Does he want to be a head coach? Because to, to me, to turn down the Raiders and the Vikings, like, I get it. Salary cap's a thing, okay? But you're talking about a Raiders organization who just went to the playoffs, who has a quarterback in Derek Carr. Now, you, you don't have to pay him and all this stuff, but, like, that team, there's worse teams out there. Sure. And the Minnesota Vikings, you're an offensive-minded coach. You got Kurt Cousins. You got Justin Jefferson. You got Dalvin Cook. That should be an offensive head coach's dream right there. I mean, Kirk Cousins, with all the respect, but Delvin Cook and Justin Jefferson, absolutely. Adam Thielen? Yeah. Minnesota, the Minnesota part of it's interesting. Vegas is not as interesting to me because it's Vegas. Like, yeah. Jim Caldwell in Vegas, it just doesn't... <laughs> like, I'm like that's honestly, like, it just doesn't... I don't see it fitting. The, the Vikings one is weird, to your point. Yeah. And by the way, I can definitely see Jim Harbaugh in Vegas. Oh, just yeah. w- w- with the whole look oh. and demeanor. Yeah. I mean, the guy would fit right in, right? Yeah. So do you find it a little peculiar, though, with, with the, the Jim Caldwell stuff that he turned down Minnesota? Yeah, I do on the surface, but then when I look into it, like you just presented, he's interested in the Bears because of Justin Fields, and he's interested in the Jags because of Trevor Lawrence. So sure. that's how I'm reading into it. And Kirk Cousins is not a young quarterback. Yeah. So then he, in, in your mind, you have to draft one and develop one. You've got two I, I, I guess I'll say can't miss, but pretty mm-hmm. well-respected young quarterbacks, I think that's appealing. Yeah. 
there's either that or else Minnesota knows who they're already going to get. And, and maybe that's Jim true. Caldwell knows. And maybe that's where Doug Peterson comes into play. You know, I mean, this is all speculation right now. But, but I find it very interesting for the fact that Caldwell opted out. I mean, I feel like if you're a head coach and you're getting courted, you at least listen to what people got to say. Yeah. But is there an offer on the table already? Has he made up his mind? Or has Jim Caldwell just said, you know what? Thanks, but no thanks. Maybe in some other capacity or maybe just, you know, coaching the NFL is not for me. I find that very hard to believe. I think there's a play right now for Jim Caldwell. I think it could be either Chicago or Jacksonville. Let's go and break this carousel down some more. We'll get back here on ESPN 690. You know, postseason is a whole different ball game. Um, you get the best of the best, um, all our effort. Everybody's straining uh, to make sure they're playing the next week. And uh, I, I always like playing a team that beats us, um, especially like even in the regular season. Like if we play a division opponent, they beat us the first time. I want to beat them bad the second time. Or like last year, we played the Saints twice. I wanted to play them because you know they beat us twice in the regular season. I wanted to play them again this year, uh, but you know it didn't happen that way. So. No, definitely looking forward to the, the challenge uh, come Sunday. Mike Evans? Yes. Oh, man. That was good. I was a little worried. That was a good guess. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it a guess. I'd call it more of an educated... Okay, it was an educated guess, yeah. 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 Or you but, just say the right answer. It wasn't a guess. It was the right answer. It was the right answer. Thank there you, you very much. What's up, everybody? Austin Land Action Sports Jax on ESPN 690. Joined by Casey pushing all the right buttons. Brent Martineau on assignment, as they say in the biz. <laughs> or, as, as Delphonic put it on Twitter, maybe he's at a wedding. Maybe he's hanging out with a couple of unusual characters. Don't want to name any names. Trent Bulky and Josh McCown. I'm just saying, um, this guy doesn't miss, man. He, he put out another uh, Photoshop tweet, and, and I'm not mad at it. Maybe we can put it on the stream later again. Um, dude's talented. Dude's quick and talented. And yeah, I respect that, man. Yeah. I, I, I can't Photoshop with it. I mean, I only have my cell phone. I don't know if that's like more of a computer thing. My Photoshopping skills suck, but props to anybody who can do that. We should try to bring him on some kind of capacity. Um, obviously, it would be uh, an internship uh, with college credit, and that's about it because yeah, we ain't paying anybody anything. But, yeah, we should bring him on the – Bring him on the team, man. Bring him, make him part of the syndicate. There we go. Uh, see what's up. But as we were talking about, though, in terms of this whole chaotic carousel that we find ourselves in right now, Josh McCown possibly going to the Houston Texans, Trent Bulky talking to Josh McCown, um, Jim Caldwell saying, hey, you know what? Minnesota, Las Vegas, I'm all set. What does all that mean? And... We just got to wait and be patient. Casey, a question that I had yesterday I wanted to ask you and Brent, but I forgot to do it um, during our, our show yesterday. What up? What would you be? I want you to speak for yourself, and I want you to speak for this fan base. Okay. What would you be more upset with? Oh, boy. If the Jaguars got Byron Leftwich but retained Trent Balky, or if the Jaguars fired Trent Balky but got a guy, let's say, Nathaniel Hackett or Eberflus. What do you think fans would be more upset with? What would you be more upset with? Oh, man. I think I think I would be more upset personally with him and Byron together 
Like, okay. And I think, I think fans would be more upset with that too because I think everyone is just so mad about Trent Baalke. So I think you'd get to a point where like, they'd be like, yeah, we got the coach, but I think there'd still be some anger. Yeah. Versus if he is fired, if Trent Baalke is fired, I think there would be an immediate pop of like, we're excited, you know, from the fan base. And then probably, you know, get let down down the road. Yeah. Like when the coach is hired. But, or if that's right away, I think there'd be an initial pop like, yeah, we did it, you know, because everyone's still on the we did it. So I think there would be some some happiness, but then. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's an interesting question because, and I agree with you here, but I mean, this is all about Trevor Lawrence, right? It's supposed to be all about the development of Trevor Lawrence. And once again, assuming that, let's say Caldwell's out of it, let's say Peterson's out of it. I mean, if you give me the options between Byron Leftwich, Aberflus, who I still can't pronounce his last name. Sorry, dude. Um, hopefully you don't come here. Big Matt. Um, Kellen Moore, you know, like or Nathaniel Hackett. Any of those names, I think Byron Leftwich can help Trevor Lawrence out the most. Like, I understand. Uh, and, you know, we had a call yesterday kind of allude to this a little bit. But people want to forget that Byron Leftwich was there in Tampa Bay with Jameis Winston. Yeah. Like, people forget about that. And at that time, with Jameis Winston, with all the turnovers and all the interceptions and all that stuff, that was still a top three offense. Now, I understand Bruce Arians had a lot to do with that. You know, um, the talent around Jameis Winston had a lot to do with that. But the good of Jameis Winston was good. The problem was, was the bad, right? Because I think he, did he go 30 and 30? Yeah, it was 30. 30 touchdowns, 30 interceptions. Yeah, that, I mean, <laughs> that's um, yeah, it's really unheard of in a way, but that's not going to, I guess, give you the most confidence in terms of do you want that guy, you know, grooming your quarterback. But the way I see it is that Jameis has always had the mo to be a turnover machine, yeah. right? Like he, he he's known for making bad decisions. That's always been his habit, whether it's at Florida State, and I know he had lots, he had a lot of success at Florida State. So I'm not taking that away from him. But, like, if you go back and watch the film, there was a lot of dumb decisions that he made. You know, and Jim Fisher was the first guy to say that. Same thing in Tampa Bay, right? You saw it a little bit in New Orleans. You saw the good in New Orleans, but you also saw the bad. Like, that's who Jameis Winston is. So, like, I don't care if it's Doug Peterson. I don't care if it's Byron Leftwich, Brett Favre. Like, eventually, you can only tell a quarterback so much. You can, you can only co- coach a quarterback so much. They're going to be are who they are. And I think Jameis Winston is a guy who has the arm talent, who has, you know, pretty decent athleticism, but he's going to make some bad mistakes sometimes. And, like, that's just in his DNA. That's who he is. So I don't necessarily blame Byron Leftwich for all the bad, but I do give him a lot of credit for the good. Because, once again, it wasn't just Jameis Winston. It was a top three offense. And that's long before they had Antonio Brown or Leonard Fournette. So I think Byron Leftwood should get a, a lot more credit of what he's been able to do in the league so far as a coach. And I've echoed this before, and, and I'll say it again. I think it spoke volumes to Bruce Arians. I think it spoke volumes to um, his peers around the league. But, you know, when Bruce Arians had a... a you know, I forgot how it all went down, but I'm pretty sure he had, like, a, a short leave of absence. I think he was sick. Was it, yeah. it wasn't cancer, was it? I think it was. Was it cancer? I think so. Okay, I mean, I don't, I don't want to misspeak here, but for whatever reason, Bruce Arians had to go a little bit. 
Winston took over, and from my understanding, the players loved him, right? Like, that they didn't really skip a beat. And it's ironic because Arians did the exact same thing with Chuck Pagano. When Chuck Pagano was sick, Bruce Arians took over. The team responded well. Bruce Arians got put in the spotlight a little bit, and he got a job opportunity. So it it almost comes full circle in the emergence of Jameis Winston. Now, it's not to say that Jameis Winston eventually was going to earn his shot regardless. I think he would have. I think he's that great of a play caller. I think he's that good of of a player's coach. But you find out a lot about a head coach or even a person in general when your number is called and you don't expect it. How ready are you? You know, that's what makes a great backup quarterback in the league. There's tons of backup quarterbacks in the league, right? Some just kind of hold the clipboard. It's like, I hope I don't have to go in. And some kind of embrace that opportunity, right? Like, I mean, that's why I was always so impressed with Gardner Minshew because week one, you're playing Kansas City. Like, I don't think Gardner Minshew went in week one thinking, well, I'm about to go in here and play the Kansas City Chiefs because Nick Foles is about to get hurt. Nobody thinks that way. But what happened? Foles goes down, Minshew comes in, and he does pretty dang good. And you know what? That performance right there, I think, was a pre-indicator that, yeah, he may not be a starter in this league for a long time, but he's going to be a backup because that guy's got the right mindset and he's always ready. You get the same vibe from Byron Leftwich that the moment's not going to be too big for him, that he can handle the pressure and he can overcome that. And that's a big, big caveat when you're trying to hire your next head coach. So... You know, when it comes down to Byron Leftwich, yeah, I I think he can maybe bring out the best in Trevor. I really do. I'm still leaning towards the camp of I want Jim Caldwell just because I know what Jim Caldwell brings, right? And Byron Leftwich is more of the boomer bust, I think. Byron Leftwich, great play caller, great. Okay, fine. Offenses, uh, the resumes, they speak for themselves. Okay, fine. But where's the head coaching experience, right? Yeah. Players love to play for him. But where's that head coaching experience? Doesn't have that quite yet. Caldwell does. So I go advantage Caldwell there, but it all comes back to my original question. How mad would you be if Trent Baalke is going to be sticking around if you get the best possible candidate um, for Trevor Lawrence? And, you know, and, and me and Casey, we, we kind of share a brain here. I think with this organization and, and how this fan base responds, Casey, like, listen, this fan base understands, I, I would hope at least, that all these clown emojis and all that stuff, they get the conversation started, right? The, the national media picks it up. I'm sure, I'm sure Shad Khan's people pick it up, and you're almost forced to accept that, right? Like, Shad Khan's seen the clown emojis, guaranteed, obviously, right? So he, he sees it out there. But even the fans know that, okay, you may have started a movement, but that's not going to be the overall deciding factor. Shad Khan's not going to go, well, they're being mean to me on Twitter. I better fire Trent Balky. I get everyone's got pride, everyone's got an ego, but he ain't like that, man. I don't think he's even on Twitter, right? So he's not going to do that. But I also think that if he was to, to retain Trent Balky, that is going to cause the rumbling in the fan base because now it's like, then what was it all for, right? It's why fans get frustrated sometimes, at least what I see from Trevor Lawrence a little bit, because this is the same fan base that cheered when the Jaguars were actually losing games two seasons ago now, right? Because it got you Trevor Lawrence. 
well, what was it all for if Trevor Lawrence isn't going to be, you know, the, 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 the generational type quarterback? It was all for nothing then. Kind of the same thing right now. So, yeah. I think with Trent Balky, I'm with everybody else. I don't want to see him here. I think it's hindering the search process. I think it's hindering your candidates. I think it's hindering your locker room. I think it's doing a lot right now to hinder this franchise. What makes me nervous, though, is how... And once again, I I, I don't know everything, but it makes me nervous for the guy that's making all the football decisions right now in these interviews... The guy that Shad Khan for right now likes is responsible for the next head coach, as far as, far as we know. Now, it's Shad Khan's decision. I get that. But Shad Khan's not asking the football questions. I'm not sure how many questions Tony Khan's asking. I'm not sure who else is in that, that room right now, but from my understanding, it's not like Shad Khan hired anybody with $2 million to say, hey, Tony, don't you come in here and, and help this interview process? This is Trent Balky's interview process right now. So he can kind of tailor this interview process to, I think, who he sees fit. Now, maybe Shad Khan sees through that. Maybe Tony Khan sees through that. I just hope, and once again, if Trent Balky's still here, we'll handle it when it comes. I just hope that this, this, this decision of the next head coach coming to Jacksonville Jaguars has Trevor Lawrence's best interest in mind. Because if they don't, then what was it all for? More on ESPN 690 when we get back. Have you seen enough from Jalen this year to feel comfortable with him as your quarterback moving into the future? You know, we talk about Jalen and the growth he had, uh, really first-year starter, second-year player, uh, leading this team to the playoffs, um, tremendously impressed by his work ethic, his leadership. We talked last time we talked was during camp, and we said we wanted to see him take the bull by the horn, and uh, he certainly did that. Is that a yes? Yes. First of all, smart Alec reporter. That was, that was a Sean McVay. Nah, that was, uh, yeah, you're never going to get this one. That was the GM, Howie Roseman of the Eagles. They asked if Jalen Hurts was going to be the starter. Oh, wow. He said that whole thing, and then the guy was like, yes or no? He's yeah. like, yeah, all right, sure. Why not? Hey, Casey, a Howie Roseman insert. I see, I, I thought it was Jalen Ramsey. Uh, yeah, I was I was going, you know, playoffs and everything. Yeah, no, I was trying to. No, no, I like yeah. it. Hey, I was, listen, I was hoodwinked, bamboozled, you name it. Yeah, it's tough. You think Jalen Hurts is the guy next year? Sounds like it, kind of. Yeah, but hey, hey. Yeah, I know. Do you, do you think Jalen Hurts is the guy next year? Unless they get Deshaun Watson, yeah. I mean, you're not yeah. going to draft. And I know you got three picks, but yeah. you're not going to draft a quarterback in the first round. Do you think it's the Pickett show? Because I'm seeing a lot of mock. I mean, keep in mind, we I, we, yeah. we we are still very young in the mock draft season. Speaking of that, shock your mock coming to coming to airwaves near you pretty soon. Go and give us a couple more weeks. Mm-hmm. We have to get in the beat laboratory. Yeah, we me, haven't started. Me and Casey have never worked together yet in terms of creativity, in terms of making a song. So hopefully that process goes okay. Yeah. Um, who's the first quarterback taken? Kenny Pickett. Kenny Pickett. 100%. Hands down? If if you're any good, yeah. If you want not to be good. Cool. So are, are, are you not buying Willis? I mean, just no, Willis because he's a small school guy. I get it. Like, it's – I just think – I think Malik Willis can be a starter, but you're really banking on him being Lamar Jackson. 
with his legs. Sure. So if he's not Lamar Jackson, which is a huge thing to be, yeah. you might be in trouble. Kenny Pickett is mobile enough. He has a good arm. I would pick Kenny Pickett. And then Matt Krause, the wild card, obviously, from Ole Miss. Yeah. See, I, I'm, I it's not even a fair comparison because they're two different players. But, like, I give Malik Willis a little bit of the Justin Herbert effect. Where Interesting. When Justin, because keep in mind, Justin Herbert could have came out, what, it would have been his junior year, I think, or his, yeah, his junior year. Yeah, he could have. And, um... He probably was going to be the first quarterback taken that year. Opts to come back, a little less of a talent, puts up, you know, a little less of the numbers, has to rely more on his legs just because the talent around him wasn't that good, and then all of a sudden, you know, he gets drafted where he's drafted, then he has success right away. But, like, nobody and, – and keep in mind, maybe you knew something I didn't. Like, I watched Justin Herbert play against Wisconsin the Rose Bowl his last game. Guy rushed for like three or four touchdowns. It was impressive, yeah. but like I didn't leave that game thinking, okay, this guy is gonna break all these rookie records and everything. Like I, I didn't have that in my mind. But the reason was is because well, the talent that he had to throw to wasn't that great. I'm reminded of Josh Allen. Yeah. Josh Allen coming from Wyoming, you know, if you looked at his numbers, his stats in college, excuse me, I mean, not not that impressive. But then, you know, you, you see, you saw, I mean, I didn't, okay, I'm not a quarterback guru, so maybe I didn't see it, but, like, some scouts, some GMs saw the talent where it's like, all right, well, this guy's got an arm, this guy's pretty mobile, he's got size, he's got speed, we can make him into what we want. And, yeah, maybe it took, you know, a, a year to kind of develop and get used to the NFL, the speed and everything like that, but then, you know, Josh Allen's now a respected quarterback in the NFL, obviously. Try to lead his team to a Super Bowl. So it, it, it's always hard with the quarterback position because your success is predicated so much off of how your receivers are, how your offensive line is. So it, it's, it's really a hard quarterback to get a feel for. You know, like, I mean, if you're a defensive end, Casey, like Chase Young. Uh-huh. Chase Young was unequivocally the, the top pick of the draft. You know why? Because it didn't matter who's playing next to him. It didn't matter who his linebackers were, who his secondary was. He's getting the quarterback. Well, Wisconsin triple teamed them for crying out loud. This is the Wisconsin Badgers who, you know, always had pretty respectable offensive lines. Big Ten championship game, triple teaming them, right? So, like, you knew how good Chase Young was going to be. Now, we'll see. Had the injury this past season. Hopefully he can rebound from that and be the so that he's supposed to be. Quarterbacks, though, it's different. Quarterbacks, like, yeah, Joe Burrow, you had a feeling, right? I mean... Not to this maybe this extent. You couldn't, yeah. In that, I remember in that situation, you couldn't not pick Joe Burrow first. Of course, because coming off the national championship and everything, Trevor Lawrence, yeah, had to. You obviously had a feeling, and we still have a feeling here. That's why we're so optimistic still, right? Because it's Trevor Lawrence. What are we talking about here? There's just, I'm just saying, there's those Josh Allen's, there is the Justin Herberts, and maybe there's the Malik Willis. I, I don't know, man. This this guy, who who knows. I just I find it interesting the fact that like Mel Kiper for instance has him as a top quarterback going because I agree with you I think Pickett's the best quarterback from what I've seen yeah now I didn't watch a lot of Liberty football I'll, I'll, no, I'll go back and watch the highlights and everything like that but the quarterback it's just it's so hard to, to get a feel for it yeah so hard I I think this with the quarterbacks like I think they all all three of the the main ones have so much potential like you're talking about but at the same time if we're September whatever next year, and none of them start week one, I'd be like, meh, well. True. I'm not surprised. True. But I also wouldn't be surprised if it's like, hey, they're all starting. Casey, you're a big Star Wars guy, right? Uh, yes, sir. 
Let me ask you this. Have you ever been to Galaxy's Edge yeah. in Disney? You have. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thoughts? It's all right. It's pretty cool. Pretty- have, you, have You have not been. So I am, I am, cur- so after this show, I will be driving to Orlando oh. to meet up with my family because they've been there since Wednesday. Oh. And, and when I say family, I mean, you know, obviously my wife, my son, um, the no, in-laws. No school though. Oh yeah. He, 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 he got out of school. Good. Got out of basketball practice and everything. I, that's I another, hey, that's, that's another conversation. You for don't later. love it, but I love it. It is what it is. Okay. But then it's also, then, you know, it'll be my, I, you know, Sister-in-law, you would call it, and then um, her significant other, and then their two kids. So okay. it's, it's going to be it's a family know, affair. Family affair. Everyone's going to be there. Uh-huh. So yeah, I'm I'm going to come in right in that sweet spot, right in the wheelhouse for Saturday. We're going to the Galaxy's Edge, Star Wars, yep. and then Sunday we're doing Anim- uh, not Animal Kingdom. Yeah, that's the thing. Animal Kingdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it is what it is. I'm, I'm I'm excited, a little nervous. A lot of people, you know. Sober because I'm not drinking, so we'll see how it well, goes. Well, you can drink at Animal Kingdom. Just oh, so can you, know. you really? Yeah. Interesting. I heard that blue milk at Galaxy's Edge. Star Wars blue yeah, milk. That, that, that sounds right. Good? Haven't had it. All right, well, I'll let you know about that. Please do. Few things, though. Yeah. I'm excited because I'm a Star Wars junkie myself. Yeah. Right? We talk about it all the time. My son is going to build his own lightsaber. Yes. Now, have you done that? I have not, but I know it's a thing. They aren't giving it away, by the way. That's why I didn't do it. Not giving it away. <laughs> Can't stress this enough. Going to say it one more time. Can't you hear me? They are not giving this experience away. Yep. All good. My son's worth it. You better believe it. It's kind of his Christmas gift. Okay, so let's go. Here, and, and I know it's going to happen, and, and here's why I'm stressing about the whole situation. I'm kind of like jittery about it right now talking about it, and we're, you know, more than 24 hours away. I guess at the, and maybe you can verify this, Casey. So I guess when you go make your own lightsaber, there's like a million choices. That's correct. You can go like Sith. You can go like, I guess like the Junkers and you can get like, you know, like, okay. So there's like a million combinations for the lightsaber. And there's like, you know, hundreds of combinations for colors. Mm -hmm. I tried to plant the seed in my son's head Monday. Hey, dude, let's get a good idea of what we want here out of our lightsaber. Because I know it's going to happen. We're going to go there Saturday. You're going to be like, oh, I'm just going to go there see what happens. You're going to pick out a color. You're going to pick out, like, you know, the, the whatever, the, the, the proper mechanical stuff, whether it's Sith, Jedi, Junker, whatever the case may be. You're going to make it. We're going to spend the money. We're going to get 10 steps out of the place and all of a sudden be like, I wanted something different. Yep. So I try to tell him, hey, man, let's go ahead and, like, plan ahead. Not planning ahead. Mm. So I'm stressed that he's going he's gonna to pick the wrong one. So I'm going to be there holding this hand now holding his hand with one hand because the other hand is going to be on <laughs> my cell phone because wild card football is going on. Sure. And hey, Verizon, you better work in this park, it's all I'm going to say, or I'll be switching providers real quick. You should be okay. And, and I will put you guys on blast like you wouldn't believe. But I'm, I'm worried, Casey. If you're making a lightsaber, you going Sith, you going Jedi, what are you going with? I'm going red, yeah. You're going, you're going Sith? Yeah. <sighs> okay. Because like, like, I don't know. The, I, yeah, I'm going red. You, just, you're going red? Yeah. Simple, okay. Simple, straightforward. It is, it is cool, though. I think you'll enjoy it. Like, your son will definitely enjoy it. But I think yeah. you will, you'll appreciate the detail in a lot of it. Like, when you walk up on the Millennium Falcon, it's pretty cool. Well, that's what I'm saying. Dude, like, this this whole thing, like, with this lightsaber class, like, first of all, they give you instructions, like, how to, like, wield it properly. Yeah. And there's, like, a whole background story depending what lightsaber you pick. So, yeah, this is going to be super intricate. Once again, I can't say this enough. Hey, Verizon. If you don't work, while my son's getting his instructional video or whatever, he's talking to some Mr. Jedi about how to yield his white lightsaber, 
if it's 4.30 and I'm not watching Derrick Henry run over the Cincinnati Bengals, going to have issues. Same here. I'm going to say. Mostly because I need him running over. But definitely do both of the rides. <laughs> okay. I know the lines are going to be long. They're yeah. both, they're, it's worth it. Okay. Right, right on, You man. will enjoy it. All right. Right on. I'll be sure to take a bunch of pictures and post them on social media because people obviously love to do that. More on Action Sports. Jackson ESPN 6.9. When we get back. Hey, Casey. When we come back, a little slam poetry? I think that sounds right. Let's get it.